His name was Hezekiah, and he was a great king in ancient Israel. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, where we take you through the Bible in one year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. It is exciting. This is our 32nd year of doing that. And so as we do that, Corey and Ryan are here. Corey, what's going on? Today, I'm going to be taking a look at King Hezekiah of Jerusalem, specifically on something that he is famous for today, his tunnel. Ryan? Well, today our reading is all about the godly king Hezekiah, as Corey said, and so is my segment. All right, very good. Look forward to that. Janice, what'd you do? Today, my segment is called, We Will Have Trouble. Okay, so get your Bible guide out and get out the most important book that you'll ever own and read, and that is the Word of God. That is the Bible. Now, we believe it's the Word of God, but let's look in it today and discover what Jesus Christ has said to us. Second Chronicles 31, verse 20 through 32, verse 8. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. So he prospered. After these deeds of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. He encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them over to himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come, and that his purpose was to make war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his leaders and commanders to stop the water from the springs which were outside the city, and they helped him. Thus many people gathered together who stopped all the springs and the brook that ran through the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? And he strengthened himself, built up all the wall that was broken, raised it up to the towers, and built another wall outside. Also he repaired the millow in the city of David, and made weapons and shields in abundance. Then he set military captains over the people, gathered them together to him in the open square of the city gate, and gave them encouragement, saying, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Second Chronicles chapter 31 verse 20 through chapter 32 verse 8. Second Chronicles 29 to 32. This is an amazing read as we go through the Bible again, our 32nd year. You know, Hezekiah was an amazing king of Judah. Now, the nation of Judah was formed after Israel rebelled against Solomon's son, Rehoboam, forming two nations 
calling themselves Israel to the north and Judah to the south. Now, this split of the nation happened a few hundred years before Hezekiah's reign. Now, Hezekiah was the 15th king of Judah, and he was a great one. Hezekiah focused on fortifying Judah and its capital, the city of Jerusalem. He even ordered the building of a water tunnel in Jerusalem that, believe it or not, still flows today. The reasons that Hezekiah was so focused on fortification can be found in today's reading assignment. Northern Israel had fallen to Sennacherib, king of the Assyrians, and their army. And it was a matter of time before Sennacherib would turn Jerusalem as well and begin to pound on it. Well, Hezekiah knew the word of God. He understood what needed to be done to get the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Judah back to God. Now, this is an interesting time and an ancient history that we read about because God is the same and he is the same yesterday. He is the same today and he is the same forever. Now, take your Bible guide. The Bible guide looks like this and turn to today's passage as we look at the good king the good king. From 2 Chronicles 31, we're going to carry on where we were last year, and we're going to continue reading. Turn to it. If you don't have a Bible guide, you can call us or write to us, and we will send you a Bible guide. A better way to do this is go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com, and when you go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com, just click on it, and it'll take you to the page. Thank you for your donations, by the way. We really appreciate them. And also, uh, you will be directed to a page of PDF files where you can download it just how we printed it. Now, as we focus on this, let's pray. Father, I, I ask today that we would see your word for what it is. We ask in Jesus' name that you would change our hearts. Change my heart, Lord, and change the hearts of everybody who reads your word because your word is different than any other Bible, than any other word. The word of God is unique. The 66th book by the 40 authors over 1,500 years, all with the same theme. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we said together, amen. Let's look at the scripture and understand what God is saying. Turn to the Bible where it says in 2 Chronicles 31.20, it says, Thus Hezekiah did throughout all of Judah, and he did what was good and right and true what was good and right and true before the Lord is God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. So he prospered. Did you see that? He prospered. After these deeds of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. And he encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them over to himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that his purpose was to make war against Jerusalem, he consulted, this is important, he consulted with his leaders and his commanders to stop the water from the spring, which were outside the city, and they helped him. Now, this is fascinating. Hezekiah was a faithful king. He stopped the easy flow of water outside the city of Jerusalem. Beloved, listen carefully. We must pray and commit our ways to the Lord 
with all of our heart, and he will direct our paths. God will change the way things are so that we can do things his way. And when we give our hearts to God, give our lives to the Lord, there is something that comes against us. We go against the flow of natural, what we want to do, and we go to the flow of following God. And that becomes hard because of the culture of sin. So that's important. Let's go back to the scripture, verse 32 to 4 and 5. It says, Thus many people gathered together who stopped all the springs and the brook that ran through the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come to find much water? And he strengthened himself and built up all the, built up the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers and built another wall outside. Also, he repaired the millow in the city of David, and he made weapons and shields in abundance, which brings me to this point. Hezekiah had men who followed his lead. Hezekiah had men who followed his lead. Beloved, we are not alone. God's kingdom is big. And we lead by following not each other, but we follow Jesus Christ. Beloved, we must understand that, that when we go into the kingdom of God, we're not alone. We're not the only people here serving the Lord, but there are others and we work together. We fellowship together and God helps us come together once we remove everything else in our lives except God, and he helps us come together and we can support one another. Now, that's what happened here in King Hezekiah's day. It's fascinating, isn't it? Well, let's go back and let's look at more scripture as we learn some other things. Second Chronicles 32, 6 to 8. Then he set military captains over the people. He gathered them together to him in the open square of the city gate, and he gave them encouragement saying, now Hezekiah is doing this. This is amazing. He gave them encouragement saying, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. There are more with us than with him. Look at that confidence. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us, the Lord, our God, to help us and fight our battles. Did you hear that? The Lord, our God, helps us to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Which takes me to this point. Hezekiah knew the secrets of God's kingdom, beloved. As believers in Jesus Christ, we know that. We must learn to pray we must learn and ask God for help and praise his name. I praise the name of Jesus Christ. What is the reason? What possible reason would I have for praising God? Well, first of all, because he gave me eternal life. But Jesus Christ is also available to you. If you want to become a Christian and save yourself from this certain judgment day, God is coming and the times will change, then you can come to Jesus Christ, not to me or anybody else, but you come to the Lord in the privacy of your heart and you say, God, I believe you. I need your help. Help me, Lord, not to sin anymore. And I believe that you paid the cost of sin. You were killed by us, but overcame that death 
third day you rose in the flesh. I mean, it was amazing. And you told us to tell everybody about you. So Father, help me today in Jesus' name. And all of us said together, amen and amen. Hi, Rod Hember here. We go through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Now you can join us and watch at the time you like by searching Bible Discovery TV on the Roku box or on Amazon Fire TV. Anytime you want to watch us, we're there. Get a hold of it. Watch us anytime you want to. Today, we are going to be taking a look at one of my favorite kings of Judah and Jerusalem, King Hezekiah. He is a really interesting person. You know, he inherits a throne that is on the verge of war. He knows that the Assyrian Empire is going to be marching into Judah, is going to be marching to Jerusalem. So he has, you know, he has this conundrum of how is he going to get his country and his the capital city of Jerusalem ready for this invasion. And one aspect of his plan was securing a water source for Jerusalem. Uh, and it's mentioned here in 2 Chronicles. So let's take a look at the remnants of this tunnel uh, and what is known about it today. King Hezekiah of Judah is famous for his faithfulness. After the reign of his evil father, Hezekiah launched a mission to rededicate the nation of Judah to God. He cleansed and rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem and went about the country tearing down high places. Hezekiah also lived through his sister country of northern Israel being taken over by the Assyrian Empire, which perhaps explains his motivation to get back to God, to renew covenant relationship with him who had given his ancestors the land in the first place. The Bible tells us that in Hezekiah's 14th year as king, Sennacherib of Assyria marched on Judah, taking all of the country's fortified cities before turning to Jerusalem. This would have taken an agonizingly long amount of time, and Hezekiah used it as well as he could. Second Chronicles 32 tells us that when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that he intended to wage war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military staff about blocking off the water from the springs outside the city. And they helped him. They gathered a large group of people who blocked all the springs and the stream that flowed through the land. Why should the kings of Assyria come and find plenty of water? They said. Hezekiah also fortified Jerusalem's wall, built towers, and gathered resources and weapons. But his defensive move of redirecting water while cutting it off to the area surrounding the city was smart. He knew that Sennacherib's army would lay siege. They would camp around the city, effectively cutting them off from any outside supply of food or water. It would then be a waiting game. Might as well try to thirst out the competition. Today, the water tunnel of Hezekiah is known. In fact, as a tourist to the Holy Land, many visitors walk through this ancient waterway. Geographically, it weaves its way underground from the Gihon Spring, the source of the water, under the eastern slope of the city to a pool on the western side of the city. It was once thought that Hezekiah did this because the Gihon Spring was outside of Jerusalem's protective walls. It's now known that the spring was inside the lower city wall. But by diverting its waters to a location inside the upper wall, 
blocking the spring, camouflaging the entrance to the tunnel, Hezekiah prepared for Sennacherib to breach the lower wall. An inscription was found that tells us how it was constructed. Two teams of diggers worked, one at the starting point and one at the ending point. They dug their way towards each other and met in the middle. The most recent study on the tunnel posits there was a third team that worked from the ground above the diggers, using hammers to send sound signals down to the workers. This would explain the mystery of the tunnel's S-shape. They started going too deep into the hill where they couldn't effectively hear the soundings, forcing them back to the shallow eastern slope. These researchers were also able to carbon date some organic remains stuck in the original plaster, verifying the date to the time of Hezekiah. So much to study when it comes to Hezekiah, uh, but I hope you see just how interesting looking even at one element of this king's life can be. There, there's a ton of uh, archaeological remains specifically from this time period because of the destruction layer, because it's, you know, a little bit closer in time to the final destruction of Jerusalem, which kind of sealed up for us like a time capsule that period in history. So lots more to be discovered from ancient Jerusalem and uh, more to come. You know, Hezekiah's tunnel is a fascinating uh, discovery. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have been to Jerusalem many times. I've been to Israel many times and I have never. You got to do it. <laughs> I have never seen Hezekiah's tunnel. You got to do it. I got to do it. I'm telling you, it's amazing. Anyway, uh, thank you for that report. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay, Ryan, you're up. All right, well, since today's reading is all about King Hezekiah, I thought it would be a good idea to get to know this godly man. Now, although he did make some mistakes, Hezekiah was still one of the greatest of God's kings. In fact, because this Judean king was one of the rare righteous kings during this time period, God delivered him from his troubles and extended his life. Enjoy the report. The Bible describes King Hezekiah as one who trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. This was perhaps surprising since Hezekiah's father Ahaz was one of the worst kings Israel had ever seen, as he sacrificed to false gods on the high places, erected his own pagan altar in the house of the Lord, and even passed his own son through the fire as a sacrifice. Yet Hezekiah's first act as king was the cleansing of the temple. He also tore down all the high places and re-established worship to the one true God. He even went so far as to destroy the more than 700-year-old bronze serpent which Moses had made and which the people were now burning incense to. At the time of Hezekiah's ascent, the Jews were being threatened with extinction by the Assyrian Empire, and they were now looking to this 25-year-old Judean king for deliverance. The northern Jewish nation of Israel had already fallen, and the southern nation of Judah was now doomed to follow. Indeed, 46 walled cities of Judah fell, one by one, until only Jerusalem was left. However, Hezekiah, desiring to free his people, reinforced and even built a secondary inside wall around Jerusalem. He also stockpiled weapons and food, and built a tunnel, now known famously as Hezekiah's Tunnel, which connected to a hidden spring so the people inside the city would have water. He even plugged and hid other springs which surrounded Jerusalem so that the invaders could not use them. Soon, Jerusalem found itself surrounded by the Assyrians, and in a letter to Hezekiah, the Assyrian king Sennacherib boasts of his other military victories and claims that just as the gods of those nations did not deliver them from his hand, neither will the God of Israel deliver Jerusalem. 
Hezekiah immediately spreads out the letter before God and pleads with him for deliverance. Because of Hezekiah's love and commitment to God, the Lord promises Hezekiah deliverance. Indeed, in a single night, God smites 185,000 Assyrian troops, and Sennacherib is later murdered by two of his own sons. Although this was a tremendous victory, Hezekiah soon falls ill, and Isaiah informs him that he is going to die. Though Hezekiah is utterly devastated, he once again entreats the Lord. And before Isaiah has even left the palace, God answers Hezekiah's prayer and extends his life 15 years, and confirms this promise with the sign of the shadow of the sun moving backwards 10 degrees on the sundial of Ahaz. Although Hezekiah would soon develop a prideful heart, he later humbled himself. Although not perfect, Hezekiah is still regarded as one of the most godly kings of Israel and had a prosperous 29-year reign from 715 to 687 BC. You know, what I love about Hezekiah is that he always took things back to the Lord. When Sennacherib threatened him and made many great boasts against God, Hezekiah spread out the letter before God and the Lord answered his prayers. And when God told the king through the prophet Isaiah that he was going to die, Hezekiah prayed for his life. And you know what? God granted him his request. Hezekiah was a faithful and godly man. And like him, we need to also bring everything before the Lord because he will defend us and fight our battles as long as we remain faithful to him. Of course, Ryan, uh, it, it really is interesting. My four favorite kings, of course, are David and Jehoshaphat and Hezekiah. And of course, Josiah, my favorite king. Uh, but it really is interesting how that through this time, the time of Israel, the kingdom to the north falling, that God somehow, when he comes back to God, God always sustains him. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And he continues on. That's great. And, and if the other kings had humbled themselves before God, you know, God would have extended his mercy to them as well. Well, in, yeah, in fact, that's correct. Absolutely correct. Very good. Okay, Janice? Well, I titled my portion today, We Will Have Trouble. That doesn't sound very positive, does it? But this is what struck me this time as we read the portion um, of, our, of our reading today. Rod started us back in chapter 31, verse 20, and it's talking about Hezekiah. And it says, And in every good work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. So he prospered. And that's what happens when we do follow and seek after God with all of our heart, God prospers us in his way, in his blessings, and it's wonderful. And now take a look at verse 1 in chapter 32. After these deeds of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. He encamped against the fortified cities, uh, thinking to win them over to himself. All of a sudden, even in all of this faithfulness and steadfast seeking after God, Hezekiah now is experiencing great trouble from the enemy, King Sennacherib, coming in from Assyria. And you know what? It reminds me of our lives as well. When we pursue after God, when we are, are keeping our lives right before him, oftentimes we will face trouble. Jesus even said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but, it doesn't end there, he says, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So when we follow the Lord God with all of our heart and all of our soul, as we see um, 
King Hezekiah demonstrate for us here, we even see that trouble will come in. We're going to be going into the book of Job where we see that Job faces horrendous trials and tribulations, not because he has done anything wrong, but because he is being tested. So as we look farther down into this chapter of 32, what really struck and jumped out at me as well is not just Hezekiah's faithfulness and that God prospered him and then trouble came in, but Hezekiah never gave up on his trust and his dedication and his service towards the Lord. In fact, he encouraged the people. He said to them, and you can read it in verse 7 of chapter 32, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. And he kept on. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us. Listen to this. With us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. You know, as Christians, when we follow the Lord with all our heart, God does bring his own blessings into our lives. And yet trouble still comes. Hezekiah did not give up his hope and his trust in God. On the contrary, he encouraged his people with those words that I just read. Encourage one another in the Lord, especially when we go through trials and tribulations and encourage yourself in the Lord. Remember, God is our trust. He is our help. He is our strength. He's our healer. He is our heavenly father. And remember what Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. And that peace isn't the kind of peace that the world gives. It's a supernatural peace that only comes through Jesus Christ. In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I think it's important to remember in this time that we're in right now, the Lord strengthens his people and he strengthens us. And that strength is, is made, made known as we get out there and God gives us ideas and we begin to help others. Uh, that's the real key aspect to this. So that was very good, Janice. Excellent. Let's study on. Join us on the prayer meeting from Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 3.30 to 4.30 on Facebook, YouTube, and Bible Discovery TV. We're there and we'll pray for you. We're live every day and we want to make sure that you understand that. Today we need to pray. And as we do, we say it this way. We say, Lord, help me to praise your name. No matter what the circumstances I'm in, I want to praise your name because you've given me everything that I need. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we said together, Amen. 